Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you on a Sunday. What a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We are uh, excited to bring this message to you today. I've been uh, sitting on this one for a while. This is um, actually there's some context I want to share with you first that has come a long time ago that just never seemed to fit anywhere. So I'm I'm going to kind of blend it into this message this morning. A friend of mine named Sam Leatherman, he's a veteran. Uh, he's also a, a guide, He does, and he sells hunting properties and things like that in the Missouri area and uh, has spent lots of time in the Colorado Mountains um, as a guide, as a, as a, a big game guide, elk and deer, and uh, super good guy, great guy. And he has, he is, he's very thoughtful. He, God speaks to him in ways when he's out in those mountains. Uh, I've shared several of his messages before. And he actually, he posted a picture one day that really caught my attention. I don't even think he understands what he's, what he posted back then. Um, he'll get this message and, and, and get to hear it. But he, he actually put a picture of a wheat field that was just starting to sprout. It's so like a green wheat field. And, but the picture contained a, 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 an image of a, of a large deer track, right? Right at the edge of the field, this large deer track. And then, of course, you see the growing wheat. But the caption that he put on that photo was one field, two harvests. So I want you to consider that for just a minute. One field, same field, it's a wheat field, but there's two harvests being projected in that perspective. Obviously, the farmer looks at that field and he sees the harvest. He sees his wheat growing. He sees that in a few months, he's going to harvest that wheat and, and have grain to sell and seed to plant and and it'll, and it'll be a great harvest, right? But to the outdoorsman, to the hunter, he sees an, an entirely different harvest. He sees a food source being put together for a large whitetail buck. And that's with the picture, the image of the deer track. So there's there's one field, but there's actually two harvests being seen at the same time. I really love that. There's something deep in that. I've 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 yet to really pick that apart, and and but I wanted to kind of uh, the the title of my message today is "Time of Harvest is at Hand," and and I'm going to share a story with you from a from a pastor Chris Huff out of Grace Grace Baptist Church in Nicomas, Illinois, but I I want I wanted to kind of preempt this with that one field two harvest. I want our mindset on a field. I want our mindset on 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 the growth of a crop, uh, the fact that there's going to be a harvest coming. I love the imagery. It's deer season here in Oklahoma. Muzzleloader season just started this weekend, and bow season's been going on, and rifle season's coming. And you know, of course, it's hot and dry. I ain't interested in hunting yet, but but in the in the prospect of that, you know, as as a hunter, as an outdoorsman, when I see a field, I'm always scanning that field for signs of deer. Uh, that that's just one. So that you know, when you look at one field, I'm looking at it in one perspective, while someone else is looking at it in entirely another perspective. Uh, a, a really cool, but one field, two harvest. That's a really unique uh, perspective. So I'm going to jump into this message. Time of harvest is at hand. Again, I'm, uh, this is a message that I found in my research of, on harvesting and things uh, that I really wanted to share with you. It's a very powerful message. It was written at, several years ago, uh, again, by a pastor in Nokomis, Illinois, of Grace Baptist Church. His name was Chris Huff. So I want to share his message. I'll put a little bit of my twist into it as usual. 
but I, I really want I want to give him credit because this is not my original right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share it with you from his perspective. He said, I heard an illustration not long ago about a preacher who didn't know what to preach the next Sunday. All week long, he thought about it and he prayed about it, but couldn't discern what the Lord would have him preach and couldn't come up with a message. And when it was time for the sermon on Sunday morning, he stood up, he turned to the congregation and he said, I did not receive a word from the Lord this week, so there will be no sermon this morning. And he sat back down. What a tragedy. We have God's very word. My words matter far less than his word. It would have been far better to stand up and read a 20-minute to 30-minute segment from the Bible than even any message I'll ever preach, actually giving God's word the advantage. My words are not God's words to you. The Bible is God's word to you. I simply have the privilege of teaching it and encouraging you through it. I found myself in a similar situation this past week. All week, I prayed for God to direct me to the passage to preach from. I never doubted that God would lay a passage on my heart, but sometimes I wish he'd do it a little bit sooner. Coming from my own perspective, I have many times worked hard trying to prepare a message for a a particular day and struggled dramatically over it, uh, possibly even having a message that I thought was right and Sunday morning arriving wherever I was going to deliver that message to realize that wasn't going to preach that day. I had to follow the heart of God. Whew, it's a challenging deal for a pastor, I guarantee you. He says this, I came into my office yesterday morning still not knowing what I would preach on. I came into the sanctuary to pray as I often do. Sometimes I pray at the altar. Sometimes I pray in the back pew. As I walked to the back pew, I felt like God was leading me to keep going. I walked out the back door of the sanctuary, then out to the back of the church building. I felt like God was telling me, keep going. So I started walking through the grass, toward the trees. But I felt like God was leading me to wander left a bit, until I was at the edge of our property, staring at a field of mud, ready to be planted. And I thought, really, Lord? Isn't that nice, clean, grassy spot over there a great place to pray? But I felt like the Lord was leading me to keep going. Now, I don't know if it's even legal to walk through someone else's muddy land, but I felt that that's where God wanted me to pray. So I took a step in and I asked if that was far enough. (laughs) And I felt like he was telling me, keep on going. So I did. I walked through the mud to the back of the muddy field. And I felt like God told me to turn around. And I did, and I instantly knew what God wanted me to preach this morning. John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38 in the Amplified says this. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. Do you not say, it is still four months until the harvest comes? Look, I say to you, raise your eyes and look at the fields and see they are white for harvest. Already the reaper is receiving his wages and he is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that he who plants and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case the saying is true, One person sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap a crop for which you have not worked. Others have worked and you have been privileged to reap the results of their work. When I turned around and I saw the field, I saw a lot of mud. I saw a lot of work that still needed to be done. I saw a lot of potential that was just ready for someone to fertilize and plant and then then reap. But I also saw a lot of potential for us as well. I've said before that it would be nice to one day to have that to have to buy that piece of land. 
Once we effectively use all the space available to us now, as we continue to grow, there are many options that we would have to consider, such as church planting or multiple services. But I think one option is certainly expanding the land available to us to use. But simply dreaming about such things won't make them happen. We've got to trust God and lift up our eyes and see the things the way God sees them. God has a harvest waiting for us, but we need to be willing to get our feet dirty. There are people all over the community who are desperate, whose marriages are falling apart, who are constantly worried about their finances, who feel all alone like no one is there for them. They're ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to hear that there's more to this life and that there's a life to come if they trust in Jesus that makes all the struggles of this life seem so insignificant. But we've got to tell them. Sometimes I think that we think that the fields being ready for harvest means that we'll just sit back in our pews and see countless people coming to Christ. Kind of a, if you build it, they will come mentality. But we have work to do. We have to work with Christ to see the harvest. Before this conversation with his disciples, Jesus said the conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well, remember? And after Jesus told his disciples about the fields being ready for harvest, many Samaritans believed in Christ because of the woman's testimony. It's not that we don't have to continue to plant. It's not that we don't contribute to the work being done, like in verse 38 where it says, I sent you to reap a crop for which you have not worked. Others have worked and you have been privileged to reap the results of their work. Often the bulk of work has already been done for us, as stated in verse 37. For in this case, the saying is true, one person sows and another reaps. Yet we still need to enter into the labor as well. It's that the work we do will grow far beyond anything we could accomplish on our own, and that we get to see God moving among us and drawing people to himself and lives changed by the power of Christ. I add this to this little segment uh, this this passage of scripture was something I really caught on to when I went into the ministry many years ago. The fact that that I was going to reap a harvest from somebody else's labor. Somebody else had already planted seed in, in, in young people that I was now ministering to. And I was seeing fruit from someone else's labor. It wasn't that I walked in there like some kind of superhero and superhuman power, or super spiritual power, and they all came running to Christ. Someone else had already laid the foundation. Someone else had already plowed the ground. And God showed me that in my ministry you know, I come from farm ground. I come from Oklahoma and, and, and old red dirt country. And you got to work to get a crop out of some of this clay dirt here. And and the fact that we often talk about planting seed and we often talk about watering and we often talk about feeding and growing and, 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 and fertilizing, but we seldom talk about that before you can do anything, somebody's got to break the ground. Somebody's got to break a sweat because that ground's hard. That if you take virgin soil, if you take soil that's gotten that's never been tilled before, then you have to put a plow to that. You've got to turn that over, and then you've got to disc it, and you've got to break it down. And you really have to put in some work to get a crop field from something that wasn't designed to be a crop field in the beginning. And, and that's exactly what he's talking about here. Someone else has done the work. You're going to reap from someone else's labors. Uh, this, this, someone else sows, but another reaps is kind of the process there. It's like what Paul wrote in first Corinthians three, six, and seven. I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth has absolutely nothing to do with what we do. It's what God does in us, through us and around us, but we've got to believe it. If we don't believe it, 
we won't act on it, and, and it won't happen. The work that God wants us to do is essential to the harvest and to ourselves. As he says in verse 34, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. We do God's will because we need to be sustained by doing God's will. It's more important than food, and that's pretty important. I kind of like my food. I think we often don't realize the importance of God's will because we have to have faith and hope and leave the results up to God. We like the results to be up to us. It takes a lot of faith to leave it up to God. We want to see things happen at our hand, and that's just simply not how God works. If he did, we'd all be so full of ourselves, we wouldn't be able to do anything for him. We've got to rely on him. We simply do our part, and then we allow God to do the rest. But it's no different with planting. In verse 35, it says, Do not say it's still four months until the harvest comes. Look, I say to you, raise your eyes and look the fields and see they are already white for harvest. When farmers plant, they're sure they'll have a harvest in four months. Or at least that's what they're praying for. Our farmers here this year in the midst of a drought are planting seed. They've waited and they've waited and they've waited for water to, to moisten that soil. They finally drilled seed and now they're praying that, that what they've done hasn't been in vain, that they're not going to lose all their money, that, that God will eventually send the rain and they will actually have a harvest. Uh, it, this is a difficult time for many people. But when we look out at the work done and the gospel seed sown, we ought to trust God will bring his harvest as well. Just as that farmer plants that seed in faith, we must do the same thing. We plant the seed even though we can't see how it's ever going to come to fruition. We, we look at that ground that we're planting in and we think, whew, man, nothing I say is going to change that person. Nothing I do is going to help them. But yet that's not up to us. Our role our, is to do the will of the Father. Our role is to plant the seed. It's to put in process. It's to break soil. It's it's to prepare ground. And it's to drill that seed. And then it's to water that seed. And it's to tend to that seed. And it's to fertilize that seed. It's up to God on the growth and then eventually the harvest. When you lift up your eyes, what do you see? Do you see all the work that you have to do? Do, do you see all the ways that maybe you failed over the years? Listen, when I, my first, my first run into ministry, my very first place that God took me was Durango, Colorado, uh, the, the Assembly of God Church in Durango, Colorado. I went to be their youth pastor. When I arrived there, the church was going through some struggle. Some families had left. My youth group had dwindled. <laughs> God, I thought I failed as I stood and, and, and worked and worked and worked. And I thought I had failed God. You know what? I didn't fail him. Because this is what he told me one day. He said, how do, you, how do you measure success? Well, when we look at ministry, how do we measure success? Buildings? How many people go? How many cars are in the parking lot? How big the, 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 the financial income is for the ministry? Is, is that how we measure success? How many, how many pews are full? That's not how God measures success. What he told me was that that's not how I see it. How I see it is your obedience to my calling. All we're to do is to be obedient to God's calling. The outcome is up to him. It's not up to us. All we're to do is plant the seed. We're to break the ground. We're to till the ground. We're to do all the work. We're to do the process. But, but the harvest is all his. As long as we're obedient to what he's asking us to do, as long as we're obedient to his calling, we've done our part. 
And, and we, we alone can be successful. Do you see all the ways you failed over the years? Or do you see hope? Do you see that, that what can be and will be if you trust in God? Maybe you're in a place I was yesterday morning. You know God wants you to walk through that mud, but it looks too muddy. You ever walked across the muddy field? It's not easy. God will not provide the harvest unless we take a step of faith. Unless someone puts in the work of sowing and reaping in that field, there will be no harvest. But Christ gives us hope. It's because Jesus went to the cross for us, he turns our muddy field into a harvest. He transforms our brokenness into wholeness, into gladness. But again, we've got to believe it. Simply coming to church doesn't change us. Oh boy, there's a strong statement. Just walking in the doors of a church doesn't change us. It takes surrender. It takes giving up of our life to do the will of the Father. We need to place our faith in Christ every day as we walk with him and be willing to step in the mud to be used wherever God would use us. See, a farmer looks at that wet, muddy field and he sees the potential. Yes, he understands that there's yet work to do, and he prepares for that day when he can enter that field with his equipment and work that ground now full of life-giving moisture, the day when he can drill his seed into that soil and watch that crop begin to sprout and grow in an anticipation of the harvest that will come. It's not instantaneous. He's got to go in faith. He's got to pay attention to the time. He's got to pay attention to what he's doing. He's got to use the right equipment, and he's got to produce it in the right way. And then he's got to do things correctly in the right timing, in God's timing, and then let that harvest spring forth. We need to see as Jesus sees a field ready to prepare and plant and grow forth a harvest of souls. Raise up your eyes. Don't get stuck looking at the mud. You've got to look past it. You've got to see the future. You've got to look ahead. Look as Jesus looks. See as he sees. Feel as he feels. We have to have that love that Jesus has for the lost, seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. One field, two harvests. You understand that principle now? As as a farmer looks at a field, he's looking for a crop. As we look across this world today, there's a harvest there, there, there's a harvest ready, but the ground's got to be worked. The, the, the seeds have got to be planted. The water's got to come. The fertilization's got to come. And then honestly, our work is done. The harvest is completely up to the Lord. But we've got to get our feet muddy. We've got to get out of the boat. We've got to get off the, the dry ground. We've got to put our foot to work and do the things that God is calling us to do. He's called each one of us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's it's not about a sermon. It's not about a label. It's not about having a pulpit somewhere. It's about telling our story of redemption. Remember, remember what it says in Revelation? They overcame the enemy of their soul by the blood of the Lamb. That's, that's the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for our sin and by the word of their testimony. Our story of redemption. Our story of how Jesus brought us out of the miry clay. How he set our feet on a rock. How he put our feet in a place where now we can do what he is calling us to do. He's drawn us out of darkness. He's filled us full of light so that now we can shine back into darkness. That's the very role of every believer on this earth. None of us are exempt from that. The, the work is ours to do. The, the, the preparation, the planting, the watering, the fertilization, those are all ours to do. That's the will of the Father for us so that he can have a harvest in its due time. This is our season. This is that season that we're talking about. 
Man, I hope you can pull this out of there. I, I, I love this message. The time of harvest is at hand. Now we've got to do our work. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for, for following along on our podcast, our broadcast. Uh, Ronan, I love you. We're praying over you. We're praying that God blesses you immensely. We're praying that in the same measure in which you give, he'll give back to you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. It'll be poured right into your lap, and it'll be given to you by man itself. That's exactly what the scripture says. What an incredible time to, to walk with the Lord. We are in that time of harvest. It's time to, to raise our eyes and see that the field is white for harvest. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.